This week on the show, singer-songwriter Stacey Lance and I discuss her new album, Ready This Time, as well as throwback to old movies and a various assortment of random things that will sure to bring you delight on this episode of Who Writes This Stuff. Let's go. Hello and welcome, you guys. You did it. You downloaded a thing on the internet. I'm so proud of you. Uh, I am Nick Flora. I'm coming to you from my house in Nashville, Tennessee. This is Who Writes This Stuff, episode 47. Can you believe it? Um, I feel like it should be more. I feel like we've been doing it for a long time. Uh, Very quickly approaching episode 50 of the show, which will uh, conclude season two of the podcast. Uh, Who knows if there'll be a season three? Let's hope. But... Uh, for now, I, sh- I can tease and say that episode 50 is going to be a special one. Um, we got some things cooked up. Uh, don't, you know, let's keep your expectations low. But it will still be fun and a, something a little bit different than has ever been done on this podcast before. Um, so, well, welcome. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading this one. I should say that uh, this one is a really fun one for me because uh, a lot of times when I have people on the show, they're either acquaintances of mine or people that I don't really know at all and I just wanted to meet. And so I invited them to come on the show and we sort of like literally a lot of the first times uh, that I'm meeting someone is recorded and on the show, which I think is actually pretty cool. So, um, but this week is my good friend, Stacy Lance. She was the, I think episode number four. We talk about it a little bit in this episode, episode number four, uh, of, of all time on this podcast. Um, although she was the very first episode, uh, that I recorded, I just kind of last minute, just sort of, well, I've been wanting to do a podcast for a while. This is two years ago. And I just, one day was just like, I just, I'm just going to do it. And so I just called Stacy. I was like, would you come over and be like a test run and let's just, you know, shoot the breeze and talk music and stuff. And, uh, she was a good sport, always up for, you know, stuff like that. So we, we kind of, you know, just did it and it was great. And, uh, so I cannot be more, uh, thankful for ha- to have a friend like Stacy who, uh, just all around an, an amazing person, one of my favorite people and, uh, one of my favorite musicians and I will brag about her until the day that um, I die. And then I will come back as a ghost, Patrick Swayze style, and <laughs> brag about her some more because she's amazing. And I think the world should know about her. She has a new album that comes out, um, I think, Friday, the day that this is releasing. So if you are listening to this on or after, uh, I guess you'll be listening to it after. I don't think you'd go back before. But uh, on or after uh, August 30th then uh, you should go and download and or uh, order her album Ready this time, which honestly, one of my favorite albums of the year. And, and a lot of that, you know, has to do because I do I do love Stacy and I and I'm a fan of her music and her her voice and just the way she writes and everything. But honestly, just for a lover of really great songs. And uh, I, we're going to talk about a, a lot on this on this episode, as well as some really other fun things. <laughs> you know, when, when friends get together, you, they sort of go off on tangents and stuff. And so um, I think this is a really fun episode. So I hope that you guys do as well. Um, I think you'll enjoy it and getting to know Stacy a little bit and a little bit of her, her personality and her history and stuff. So if you haven't listened to the first episode that we did, um, uh, episode four, then you should go back and listen to that too. I, I, I got a lot of good feedback from the last episode with uh, Andy Gullihorn and, uh, which is a really fun one to do. And a lot of, uh, really fun, 
comments about people defending Texas. I did take a little bit of a stab at Texas, but I think we found, we came out on the other end okay. Um, but if you guys um, have anything that you would like to uh, share about this episode or previous ones, you can do so by emailing who writes this stuff at, oh, sorry, who writes this stuff podcast at gmail.com. Um, I, I love uh, hearing from you guys, even if you're just tweeting at me or, or anything. And uh, a lot of you uh, who listen to the, the Andy Goldhorn episode got a little bit of a taste of Osanga. He snuck in there in the middle. Uh, since we did record it at his studio, he, he popped in to, to uh, say hello, or actually just to get something that he left, but uh, also said hello. So, uh, <laughs> you know, got to listen all the way through. Little Easter eggs like that will pop up. Also, uh, leave iTunes reviews, please. Uh, if you go to the iTunes podcast page and leave a quick review of this show, uh, I'll give you a shout out like I am right now. Special thanks to uh, the Daily Claire uh, on on iTunes, uh, as well as Emily Overstreet's biggest fan. I don't know who that is, uh, but it, now it's me because uh, I mean, if somebody is going to be have a biggest fan, it's going to be me. Come on, I'm competitive. Uh, and R. Michael Hall, as well as Captain Hyperbole, uh, who I have on good authority, is Mr. Mike Hornacek. Um, so, uh, thank you to uh, you four for leaving the uh, the last most recent uh, iTunes feedback. Very kind things. Uh, I'm so happy that, that anybody is listening to this at all. Honestly, if nobody listened to it, I would probably still do it. <laughs> it would just be a little bit sadder. Uh, so anyway, uh, thank you guys so much for, for leaving feedback. And if you would like to, if you're listening to the show and you like it, uh, please go leave feedback, even if it's just like a star rating. It really does help iTunes know we're here and uh, suggest this podcast to people who, uh, who like other similar podcasts. Not that this one isn't one of a kind, because we all know it is. I don't, I don't even know if any other podcasts exist other than, other than this one. I mean, honestly. Um, also, if you would like to help uh, in a very real way, you can donate to uh, to the podcast. Uh, the podcast is free uh, to download, but it does cost money to run. And uh, it's not a lot, but it, it does uh, cost money out of pocket to keep this thing going, to buy more bandwidth and, uh, and space uh, on the Internet. So if you would like to contribute a few bucks uh, to the podcast, you can do so by clicking Donate on the podcast below blog which is linked uh everywhere the podcast is promoted facebook twitter all that junk so thank you uh you you guys so much for uh listening every week the ones that do and the ones that pop in from time to time um you know you're okay too i don't mind you guys all right now let's get down to it like i said earlier stacy lance has a new album called ready this time that is coming out this friday august 30th and i'm very excited to uh introduce her to some of you people some of you guys might not know her and uh i'm excited for you to meet my friend and collaborator and uh just one of the best of all time miss stacy lance You have to pour water into the toilet? Right now I do. Oh, I'm glad you're taping that part. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> I decide. Call uh, me what? a plumber! <laughs> if if, uh, if you're, you're hearing this right now, go back to the future or <laughs> to the past. Um, do you... This is so funny. I was just checking my email and there's... Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you ever order anything from Amazon, which I do a lot. I do a lot. Yeah, I just did. It's, it's hilarious the follow-up emails they send. Like okay. four of them? Yes, there's in weeks after. So yeah. I was watching 
as you do uh-huh. in the summer. I was watching uh, A League of Their Own. Nice. Which I, I just bought yes. from Amazon. Uh-huh. <clears throat> but that, this, is, this isn't about A League of Their Own, okay? That's it does fine. start there. Okay. But I, I bought A League of Their Own, which I haven't seen, but I, every summer I, I'm like, I need, I don't own A League of Their Own because it's a great movie. It's on Netflix. Movie. Is it really? It is. Yeah, but there's a double disc DVD that has Ooh. some really great like extras. Documentary. I'm all there's about a small the documentary features. on it. Yeah. It's so good. But um but anyway, so I bought A League of Their Own. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, Tom Hanks. I always forget Tom Hanks is in that movie for some reason. Right. I always think Gina Davis or Rosie O'Donnell, Madonna. Uh, right. all fantastic. And then I'm like, it's just it's not that I forget as much as when he he comes in about 20 minutes into the movie. I'm like, oh yeah, Tom Hanks. I know. And not He's just such Tom a Hanks. Jerk in the, he is, and he plays a great jerk. He does. But not just Tom Hanks. Nineties Tom Hanks, which is different from Tom Hanks now. True. I feel like once he was in Castaway, there was yeah. a bit of a different Tom Hanks. I agree. Nineties Tom Hanks is great. Nineties Tom Hanks is Sleepless in Seattle. Right. Uh, even Joe versus the volcano, big. All this. You know, things. I've never seen Joe versus the volcano. Well, we need to pause this podcast and watch it right <laughs> now. Because Meg Ryan's in it too, right? Yeah. That was like I, their first pairing. I think it was actually their second. I think it's after Sleepless in Seattle. Really? Yeah. I they love Sleepless in Seattle. Fun fact about Joe versus the volcano. Okay. That guy who wrote that movie uh-huh. and directed that movie has only written and directed one other movie. And it was the movie from 2008 or 2007 called Doubt. With Philip Seymour Hoffman, Meryl Streep, oh. and Amy Adams. Isn't, oh! The, isn't that the weird? Amish one? No, they're the not Amish. Amish. Are they Amish? <laughs> I just, I'm from Amish country. Like, what's... No, they're... Uh, the it, Amish it, Mafia. It takes That's place. what the show's based it's, off of. It's basically an Amish Mafia movie. <laughs> with Meryl Streep. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's in a convent. It is in a church, like Catholic okay. church. Like Catholic, kind of okay. I knew it's it was actually a religion. Really, it's a really good movie, of... but it's based on a play. But, oh. but I just think it's funny that the only other... Because when that movie came out, I was like, who directed this movie? Only other thing he directed, Joe vs. the Volcano. <laughs> I mean, when I think of Joe vs. the Volcano, I think of the Catholic Church. Right? You know? I mean, they go, they're go they directly correlated. It I mean, only makes sense. I was like, it's about, <laughs> we've all been waiting for the guy who wrote Joe vs. the Volcano <laughs> to make a movie about a priest who may or may not have an inappropriate relationship with a student. That's what that, that's what that wow. movie's about. Which is great. It's really good. But, um... Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. Washington, which by the way, League of Their Own takes place in, in or shot in Indiana. Much really? of it was. Didn't know that, did you? I no. Actually, did I, tell I you that? think you told me that last time I, we talked. Because I was driving through Indiana and I was looking at movies that were shot there, um, and that was that we was talked a big about one. the Bluebird. Oh, that's right. Because name drop. We, pl- we, Bluebird. we, we played at the Bluebird. <laughs> anyway, all that to say, I bought. I was watching it and I was like. I, I, and it reminded me of Apollo 13, and I was like, I don't own Apollo 13. That's and it, another. And it's one. like a penny on it. It's one cent on Amazon. What? I know. And I was like, well, I gotta, gotta get it. Right. It's worth it. It's like two bucks it's for worth shipping. The shipping, yeah. But I would, if I saw that in a two dollar bin, you would, pick I would it up. buy it because yeah. it's so good. And I, it's one of those I forget about. So mm-hmm. I bought it. Independence Day too. Oh, that's another good one. I think I, I think I might own that one. That's a good one to on have VHS. on like near. <laughs> July 4th, you know. Not on July 4th? I mean... Why can't you watch it on July 4th? I guess you can watch it on July 4th. But, like, it's when you think about right before July 4th happens. Yeah. And you're like... It's, it's building oh, up Oh, I need to watch Independence Day. That's a good, like, summer... If you had, like, movie. if you had, like, a, a 12 Days of Christmas family <laughs> channel style where they're leading yes. up to Christmas... It's longer for, than that now, isn't it? For July 4th, it's yeah, more I know. Than 12 days. They take it's up like, a whole month. 
Yeah. Um, but they're the, pre-gaming in November. <laughs> like as soon as Thanksgiving is over, it's like. It's true. <laughs> Lifetime Movie Network and the fam- ABC Family. It's like. It's true. We need Christmas movies now. Although Already. in Indiana right now, on their my parents' cable, they are playing Christmas movies on the Hallmark Channel, which is my mom's favorite channel. Well, apparently. I would say that's ridiculous. But what? How many Hallmark movies are there that aren't Christmas centric? Probably not a whole lot. That's a good point. Because I feel like for years, even before there was a Hallmark Channel, which is the time we don't even want to think about. No. Um, <laughs> there was. <laughs> there, I feel like every Hallmark movie that would come out, there would be a couple every year. Uh-huh. And we would always watch them because the commercials The commercials alone, kill you. Oh they're my gosh, so they're, so, they're still so good. I know. They sort of have that, that fuzzy tint. Yes. To them, mm-hmm. and you know, and it's oh, it's amazing. They play up the sentiment. Oh, so it's incredible. Much, and it's I love so it so great. much. And the ones yeah. that don't have any dialogue in it are always my favorite. The ones like where just you see the father coming home from war, and mm-hmm. there's like some that are really. Like, and then they, there's one line at the end. Isn't there like, like one where they? Maybe I'm thinking of the plot of Stepmom, but isn't there one where there's like. <laughs> <laughs> where they're like riding in a horse in the snow. I mean, I know that's yeah. just in Step Mom, but that like... might be a, a Budweiser commercial, like <laughs> with the horses in the snow. No, no, I feel like there's one, and they it's like a, a dad and a daughter, uh-huh. which is probably why I was already on board. I was like, oh, I have a dad. I have a dad. <laughs> I relate. I'm, I'm a relating. daughter. I'm relating to you. <laughs> and they like go look. At the, I don't. I think I am looking at Step Mom. I don't know. Step Mom is another. But that part That's of the movie gets movie. me every time. Don't even get me started on Stepmom. Because I don't want to like that movie. Is this Gavin with Gavin Like Gals? Are yes, we? we're Gavin Like Gals right now. I love it. So I'm just my favorite podcast we've ever done. Uh, I bought Apollo 13. Okay. I go, it comes to my house maybe two days later. Thank you, right. Amazon Prime. Right. Uh, Whoa. I know, it's pretty sweet. And after that, they sent me an email maybe like a couple days after saying, like, did Apollo 13 arrive? Right. The time that it said it was supposed to arrive. How was the packaging? Will you please leave feedback? That's that's to be expected. Standard, This yeah. was a month ago. I just got an email <laughs> now that says, Amazon recommends Apollo 13. I just bought it. It did. It came in the mail, right? I, bu- I have it at my house. It says, uh, here's something you might like, Apollo 13. And it's like the... Oh, it's the two-disc special edition, which I just oh. bought through. So it's like, why not buy this one as well? And I've gotten... This is the third email I've gotten from them. The second huh. one was... I think the first one said it had it arrived on time. The second one was, leave some feedback for this guy who sold it to you. Right. And then now it's it's asking if I want to buy it again. <laughs> I mean, he either needs some serious feedback. I know. Well, I think they initially do that anyway, because I sell some, stuff like, on Amazon from time validation. to time. Validation. Some affirmation. I know this. It's super needy. Amazon, get over yourself. Gosh. <laughs> but it, it's it's getting out of hand. Do you ever in Hotwire the website Hotwire for hotels and stuff? Do you ever use that? Com. Is that what? The, no, that's something else. That's Expedia. Hotwire. Oh. Expedia.com. It- <laughs> Let's do that. You harmonize with that. Expedia.com. <laughs> that Expedia. is totally. <laughs> We're gonna keep doing it. <laughs> Dot com. One, two, three. Dot com. I think it's just funny that you just keep repeating it. Expedia. Dot com. No. That was like a choo-choo noise. Like a train. It was. Like you were like just a half step. Choo-choo. Dot com. Um, 
<laughs> I didn't know where you were going to land on I that know, note. It's not fair. Uh, we're not professionals. I didn't at bring all. My, my tuning. I needed a tuning. What, what, is the, what are those things called that acapella groups use? Uh, uh, not a tuning fork, but a tuning. Oh, they blow into it. Uh, uh, that. Pitch pipe. Pitch pipe. I know that Andy from The Office always has one. He does. <laughs> Tucked away. You never know. In You're going to need pocket. a pitch pipe. But he, pitch, uh, pitch pike? That's not what it is. Pitch that's not what it is pipe. at all. But anyway, how hard is it too where they'll be like, you just stayed in Indianapolis and they'll they'll send you an email like for months oh. afterwards it was like we found a three star hotel that in happened Indianapolis when I went and I'm to like, Mobile. I don't need to stay there anymore. I rented a car and it was for months I was getting like, When are you going to Mobile? Yeah. Here's here's this car. You can get this car for so many days and I was like, like I we already I, did that. I like, went to it's Mobile over. and most likely I won't be back there for another year. Like yeah. get over yourself. It's like it's like those This people, podcast has become the Get Over Yourself podcast. I've said it three times. <laughs> <laughs> it's like those people that keep living in the past. You know, know. they like just can't. Well, just get over yourself. They just can't get over that memory or that time. I know. Yeah. So serious. Let's pray. <laughs> I. <laughs> I have two unspoken. Do you think there is a podcast out there where they where people just pray? I don't know. Where it's like, welcome to the prayer podcast. We have a few prayer requests. Not to make light of prayer requests, but no, it, but you I don't know, know. <clears throat> you you know when people do you ever watch did you ever watch church on TV? My parents would on Sunday mornings before we went to church. And with <laughs> they would pregame church with church. They would pregame church with church. Okay, I have a question then. Okay. When the pastor prayed on TV, would your parents also pray with the pastor? You know, I don't know. That's a good question. Because I've been in the room with people who have prayed along with the pastor while he's praying on TV. And most of the time it was like a really old Charles Stanley sermon. Right. It's like stuff where like a lot of people in the, the, in, in the audience are dead. Or no, Charles Stanley's, yeah. But I always think it's weird when people pray along with, which I don't know why it's weird. You can do whatever you want. Right, yeah. But it, it, it would be, it seems odd to me if there's a podcast that people are just praying on, uh, that you would just listen to it just to hear people pray. If not, I'm, I'm going to start that podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you do it. Dear Lord, we we pray for Linda's mama. No. Um, <laughs> it's okay. You can laugh at this. I'll probably edit it out. Okay, um, good. <laughs> just, just say whatever you want. I'll edit it out. Let's keep it simple. No need for complication. There once were eyes who saw you cross the room. I dipped around the edges of expectation, did you? I always find it shy from the situation, but handsome you were already on the moon, and suddenly I fell into conversation. Thank you.
I sent out a tweet earlier asking people if they wanted to uh, ask you any questions. Oh, really? Um, Do yeah, you have any takers? Get on the internet, Stacey. I, I, get with it. I've been working. I th- you you just told me to get over it, and now I have to get with it. I'm so confused. We're, I'm, I'm going to start two new segments on this podcast. Get over it is one of mm-hmm. them, and get with it is the other. We need to. You should have like a, a game portion. I know. I've, try, I've been trying that to think. That would be really fun. Since the inception of this podcast two years ago, I've been trying to think of a game to play with the guest. You should have asked Andy Gullihorn, because isn't he great at making up games? Turning things Why into aren't games? you the host of this show? That's a fantastic idea. He was just here. I know. Yeah, I'll ask him a game to play. Because I, I listen to a few podcasts where at the end, they'll talk about like deeper subjects, but at the end they'll always play a couple games and they'll let the guests choose. Mm-hmm. And they're so good. It's like inside the actor's I, studio, I wanna, he has those yes. like, staple questions. I do ask a couple questions at the end now, but they're not really games necessarily, but they, they end it on a little bit of a lighter note. Because they're just like car games. Those are the uh, best ones. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. So It's really hard to find those license plates from Hawaii, you know? <laughs> You're in the Midwest. It's really they hard. are. I'm always How confused. How are you going to play the license plate game? I don't think I've ever seen a license plate from Hawaii in the mainland. Have you? Not that I can recall. Well, I'll sit here and wait. You think about it. <laughs> <laughs> I, but, okay, but you did get some questions. Okay. Because you do have an album coming out. I do. When is that? This Friday or next Friday? Next Friday, August 30th. This will go up on Tuesday, so it'll be this coming Friday, August 30th. Hey, yo. Unless you're listening to this <clears throat> way in the future and you found us. In any case, tell us how we died. We want to (laughs) know. Email who writes the stuff podcast at Gmail. If you're listening to this way in the future. Uh, No, but we did get a few questions, and I want to know what you have to say about it. But I want to talk about your album first. Okay. You've been sitting on this for a long time. We have. Mm -hmm. And it, which tends, which does happen. Because a lot of, I don't know if people know, but it takes time and money and resources and schedules. What's this money you speak of? It doesn't exist in our lives, but a lot of people have it. They just don't want to give it to us to make what we're doing. No, that's not true, because both of us did Kickstarter. We did Kickstarter, and so. the people were so gracious. Even people I hadn't talked to in a very long time, like people from oh, high really? school. Yeah, they remembered me singing in a play when I was really? in high school, and they thought, well, maybe she can still sing. <laughs> well, are you, is Annie Get Your Gun going to be on the album? I don't know. In all honesty, if I could do a record of standards, and if I would love to do that at some point what, in my life. What songs would you do on a, on a oh, standards? Uh, somebody, to, Someone to Watch Over Me. That's good um, anything Gershwin, basically. Because um, yeah, yeah. I love it. I would totally do one from Calamity Jane because it's one of my favorite musicals of all time. Yeah. Uh, Wait, who is in Calamity Jane? So Dorstay? Dorstay. Oh, yeah. And, um, oh shoot, now that I'm on the spot, I can't think of his name. Uh, Are you going to give me the second lead? That's impressive. Yes. Uh, Shoot. He's in Seven Brides for Seven Brothers too, which is sitting right over there, and I could totally. Just... Nope, no internet, no oh, no, no reference point. You have to. The... I, I have a new no internet uh, rule on the, on the <gasps> podcast, so we just have to talk it out. If you can't think of it. If we if we phone a friend, te- Jared McCauley would wanna, tell it. I'll text Jared McCauley, and then we'll keep talking and see if he writes us back in the, in the span of time. I feel like tell it's me. George. Something. She did another one with Gordon McRae. He was the lead in um, Oklahoma. Okay. He he has one of my favorite voices too. And they did like By the Light of the Silver Moon, and then there was like follow up to that mm-hmm. one. You sort of have this quality overall just in your artistic choices and just your voice just which is really interesting since mm-hmm. you don't get to choose your voice like right. if, I, if I wanted to be like you know 
sing like Chris Caraba from Dashboard Confessional, I couldn't do it because I just have the voice that I have. But right. you do your voice, like your timbre, your voice, and just all overall sort of has this sort of throwback quality. Uh-huh. And then that matches your interests in yeah. these sort of like old timey uh-huh. kind of stuff. That's so interesting to me. But what 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 is it about like? Musicals or just even like old, I, I feel like, like we've gone to the flea market together and like, <laughs> right. what, what is it about like all these, like this stuff from a bygone era that, that the whole, especially artistic stuff, like these old musicals and stuff that, that, that speaks to you? I, I don't know. I think there's this classic element, like it's, it's timeless music. So many people have covered these songs over the years, even people like Harry Connick Jr. and Michael Buble, like they're still pulling influence. Howard Keel! Jared just texted back. <laughs> yes! <laughs> That's record time. That was amazing. Thank you, Jared. He seriously, re- he replied in a minute. <laughs> That's why I love Jared McCauley. I know. You and him can well, be siblings. We, we both grew up <laughs> on the same kind of influence. If you haven't listened to the Jared McCauley episode, go back and listen to it, because we, we have a lengthy conversation oh, about, about this kind of stuff. Yeah. I think I pulled that in from my childhood, too. My grandma had a great movie collection of old westerns. We watched mm-hmm. a lot of... Um, you know, John Wayne movies and different things like that. Yeah. Like McClintock was one of my favorite. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Favorite. Like Maureen O'Hara, my dad always said my mom reminded him of her. And so, like, I think it's there's that sentiment mm-hmm. attached to it. Oh, definitely. And then just. And you, and you are a very nostalgic person. Very, I am. We were just talking about that. Very sentimental. Yeah. Yeah. Anything. Um, I, I just kind of gravitated towards that stuff, and I I love records. My great grandma had a record player and would play actual records, an yeah. actual yeah, and that's what we would do when we'd go to her house. We'd listen to music and put on her costume jewelry, and it was I re- like I have very distinct memories of like my great because my grandfather had a great record collection too. My dad did too, mm-hmm. and just going in like opening up the jacket, like you know, yeah. like, looking at all this stuff. Like yeah. I feel like that's that. Honestly, a lot of people are like it's so sad that that's gone. I think it's actually still here. There are sort of like oh, yeah. some very modern bands that are putting out really gorgeous mm-hmm. designed like uh, you know LPs and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's gone as much as it's just they're coexisting. The new technology is coexisting with the old. Right, and that's kind of what we're doing with the artwork for my record. Oh, we're, cool. We're, we wanted kind of that vintage vibe, mm-hmm. and then I'm, I'm bringing in a friend of mine. Um, who's doing handwritten lettering. And it, it looks kind like of like... calligraphy kind of thing? Not that, not that, <laughs> not that old, um, that old Sanskrit. world. No, it's more, almost like you would see on a painted advertisement on a window, like oh, that kind of thing. Yeah, John yeah. Mayer did that with his record. He hired, Wait, which like, one? Um, which? with Born and Raised. Oh, he yeah, hired yeah. A guy. I love that, yeah. There's cool even, looking. like, a short, like, YouTube clip about how it was Oh, created. how the guy made that, really? It's incredible. And the amount awesome. of time and creativity... I feel like creativity, that's an art. Oh, yeah. It's a... It's a dying art sadly mm-hmm. like especially with well, it's because it takes doing. so much time mm-hmm. like to do it i feel like any any like art form that takes patience and mm-hmm. you know, like stop motion animation anything like that right like it takes it, it's dying off because we are becoming more and more impatient mm-hmm. but it's so impressive to me yeah like, do you, you remember in toy story 2 where that guy where where woody gets like damaged and and yeah. and that, that toy collector guy that's an old man he he, he repairs he him. goes and repairs him and he has on like those those uh goggles that have like the microscopes in them and he, <laughs> yeah. and, he and he's everything's so detail oriented it's meticulous it's like my, everything is so I, I love pixar movies and that it's one of my favorite scenes because it's so beautifully shot but just the way the care he's taking for him yes and like he's giving like rebuilding re- repurposing him yeah like, and as... i feel like that's one of those things too where like this mm-hmm. takes time and art and yeah ali fair 
Ferris was on the podcast talking about like tuning pianos and how that's become sure. sort of it takes it's so such an arduous process and mm-hmm. anything like that is it's harder for younger people to get into mm-hmm. because it's it really it takes patience and time. Well, yeah, and then there aren't those mentors that are there that know the craft well mm-hmm. enough to you know impart that wisdom to other things like even just going home and talking to my dad my dad can he's a great builder like he can build lots of different things and does woodworking and that kind of stuff and he has so much knowledge from just his life and there's so many things like my brother and I were talking we're like we we really need to ask these questions and learn how to do these things because these are skills that are important yeah and and stuff that that I would like to know you know and so it's just we're getting to that age where we, we want to know these things, and and so we can teach them to our kids, and so it can be passed down, and because otherwise it, it ends in that generation. Stay just a little bit longer, far a little bit stronger of heart. I wouldn't dare leave you, leave you stay. sort of write do you do you tend to do you have anybody in your head that you're sort of thinking like artist wise that you're sort of like emulating are you to the point where you sort of just have sort of found your own voice and you don't really because you know when you first start writing you have other people in your head yeah for a long time and then eventually you get to the point where you sort of find your own Mm -hmm. it took me a while to find my voice too but because i did emulate a lot of those voices because if i listen to this like i grew up just singing along with those people and so I would try and match their voice because I would sing harmony with them and I would you know just kind of mimic their little inflections mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. stuff because I thought it was so cool but they're so good yeah it and is. um so I think when I, I decided I wanted to become an artist I guess is a better way of putting it uh it took me a while to figure out what my actual voice sounded like because there were so many different influences and I was like I don't think I want to sound like exactly like this person mm-hmm. and yeah I think it depends on what the the subject is or the tone of what I'm trying to portray more so than oh, okay. thinking of sense. somebody else like keep it simple on the record I was definitely going for a Maguire's sister um, totally you know that kind of three part harmony thing it, just because uh, the songs back then were really fun and and simple and Very I and simple. just just easy to grab a hold of and um i think about like m- like mr sandman or something like yeah, even like that yeah there it's it's like a two minute song it's really like yeah it, it goes in it, it does its job and gets out and it's like but it leaves you with delight like you're yeah so- <laughs> yeah and and it was just that kind of i wanted to keep it in that frame and just mm-hmm. kind of fun and not too cutesy but i mean i'm sure there's an element of that too and well, when you have your dad come in and sing, oh my gosh, your dad came in and sang the, the sang background vocals. <laughs> he did, yeah. He's the low voice. Dum dum dum. Yeah, which is so good. Which is kind of like that um, that Christmas song 
Dreaming of a White Christmas. Yes, the and, Home Alone version. Yeah, like, <laughs> as we were playing, as we were playing the song or recording it, I was like, we need, we need like a low, rich voice, and I was like, my dad, my dad's perfect for this. And he was in and town, right? They were near. Or they were coming. They were in Southern Indiana at the time, and so I called them and um, I said, y'all wouldn't want to come down here for like literally a minute <laughs> to sing on the song, if that. And did your mom sing on it too? My mom did. Yeah, okay. she sang on the last track on, on Love Is On the Other Side. Oh, cool. Side. And That's so cool. Yeah. That your parents sang yeah. on your record. Yeah. That really is awesome. Because I, I know, know how much you love them and how much, how like yeah. your family is such a big part to you. It's like, that's mm-hmm. so awesome. And they both have great voices. My yeah. dad is like that Bing Crosby era. I mean, you can hear it on the record. Oh, it's Every time so he comes great. in, like, I, not only do I have to sing his part along with him, but I just get immediately happy. It's impossible to hear I, that part without yeah, getting happy. I grin from it's ear so to ear good. whenever so I hear that, hear that. Yeah. It's it's probably my favorite on the record because of that reason. Tom Lance. I mean. Come on. He's a winner. I sort of, we are we are good friends, and so <laughs> it, it feels a little funny to ask these questions as, like, an interviewer, and I, I know a lot of the answers, but there, I was trying to think of things that I, that if people got the record, would be interested in. And, sure. But one thing that is sort of... That I actually do wonder about because I sort of wonder about it myself with with my own music. But do you, the the record sort of spans across a, a, a bunch of different genres, sort of like mm-hmm. it's styles like come and go. But it, but weirdly enough, it's there's there is very confluent. It is very it flows so easily. Mm-hmm. But was there any worry sort of when you're writing it? Because I know that you and Andy, the Osanga right. guy who produced it, like wrote a lot of it together. A lot of them are sort of like songs from a couple years ago or so, whatever. Mm-hmm. Was there any worry that it would sound sort of off because the styles weren't similar. Yeah. Or... Yeah, I worried about that a lot. I I, I just wanted it to sound balanced, I guess. Cause, so there's a little bit of the retro between, like, Keep It Simple mm-hmm. and Night Owl, the mm-hmm. Who Are You song. Mm-hmm. And as long as there's, like, a pair for each one. I didn't... I didn't want them to stand alone, but I wanted the song to stand on its own. And you want each song to have its own identity, too. Yeah, exactly. While fitting together as a whole piece. Exactly. That's what a lot of people I don't think really think about, is Uh that you you really do want everything to stand... You want every song to stand out on its own. Yeah. But also, like, work together as a piece, and it's such a... Mm -hmm. It's so tricksy to get it to do that. That's why having somebody like Andy Mm -hmm. kind of facilitating helps... Right, and he, he was good about noticing that that's where Love is on the Other Side came in. He was like, I feel like we need like a gospel-y kind of number. He's like, that character in your voice. Because mm-hmm. he, he, he recognizes that I love to sing a lot of different genres. Not only do I write a lot of different, I love singing a lot of different things. Yeah. And, and so he was like, I think there's that element in, the, in your voice that's missing yet from the record. So we wrote that in the studio. Uh, we were in there one week kind of fine-tuning everything and figuring out, okay, here are the songs that are going to be on the record, mm-hmm. you know, and polishing the ones that we had already recorded. And the second weekend, he was like, "That's something's missing. And so we, we wrote that song from scratch, I think, in a day. That's awesome. It was, it was kind of crazy. He just had that line, Love is on the Other Side, just pop in his head. And he came in the studio and was like,
what is sort of like ready this time as a theme mean to you and mean to this record? It it, it was a statement in itself. I, I think that's how I landed on it being the title track because I felt like I knew this record was good. Like, and that's a weird thing for me to say because I'm just like, uh, I mean. Well, you're very humble, and even when you say that, like, I don't feel like you're being arrogant because it is. Like, you have good taste, just period. So why wouldn't your own stuff be good? <laughs> That's me saying Thank that. Thank you. I, I, it's just like I wanted to own this record as much as that statement in, in saying, hey, I'm an artist and I want to be an artist. And in a town full of artists, it's kind of hard to, to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, it takes a little something that I wasn't sure if I had, you know. and You do tend to second guess yourself a lot in this town. Oh, yeah. Because there's so much really great talent. Incredible talent. And, and even if they don't have, like, amazing talent, there's people who will put themselves out there in a way that is almost intimidating. Right. Because they like, have that business have mindset that. that just, like, yes. makes... Or they get on stage and they just kill it and yeah. as a performer, and you're like, oh, I don't think I'm... It's so easy to go to a show here and just mm-hmm. be... Just basically, like, self-abuse, you know? <laughs> like, be like, I'm, I don't think I have that. So, yeah. absolutely, yeah. Just that comparison alone just, you know, can drive you crazy if you let it. And, you know, I was just coming out of that time where it was kind of make or break time and, and just, I don't know. Because, I mean, you have been playing music, but you've also been, like, sort of holding on, even, like, internally to some mm-hmm. things. Like, uh, but if I go out and, you know, I don't know, there's a fear that is there, period, if you're going to pursue, if you want to pursue anything artistic right. that might not necessarily pay bills for a little bit, mm-hmm. it's really scary to just yeah. grab onto that because you are you are taking a leap off a ledge, right? essentially. So I feel like this, and that song specifically, but just the whole record is, I feel like in you're saying it with how good everything is, that you are ready to, to you're, you're committing to this and like, here's what I can do. Yeah, there was, kind of a way. There, like over the course of living here, there was a, there was just some kind of shift mentally where I was like, okay, I have the confidence to do this now. Like there was a belief in my gift and my ability as a songwriter, as a singer, and just knowing uh, the songs were there to back it up too. Mm-hmm. And with the confidence of Andy, you know, coming in too, and just, I mean, he's the best cheerleader you could yeah, ever have. There was just so much more confidence heading into this record than my previous one because I believed in what I was doing. And so I think that confidence comes across. Like even when we were doing the the artwork, I was like, I don't want to be hiding out. I don't want to just show part of my face. Like, hiding behind your hair or something. Yeah, I mean, I didn't even... Initially, I'm like, oh, please don't put me on the cover. I don't want to... I don't know. But then I had friends that were advising me and they were like, you really need to like own this. And mm-hmm. how many times am I going to say own on this? But it's so true. But it's true. It's a, it was, it's a big part of this. It was a big part of um, stepping out as an artist and saying, here's my name, here are my songs, and like, I am mm. about this. You flew in with promise And you built your home in my heart With care you crafted your walls deep but I loved you from the start So go on and love me And say what's on your mind Come on and trust me I'm ready 
all you have to do to sell people on this record is show them the song right at this time. Because that song is, yeah. it, it does, even like beyond your ability as a songwriter and performer, it just the production, everything about mm-hmm. that song, it instantly grabs you. Yeah. It's like if there was a crowded room and you played that song, even like at half volume in the background, honestly, like I feel like it had the, the ability to hush the room a little bit. There's just something about it. There's something about singing that song too. Every time I sing it, it it's just one that captures me. Which seems weird to say that about your own song, Isn't that but crazy? like it's just easy to effortless yeah. to sing it because I, I needed that I need that reminder, you yeah. know? And yeah. it's a good one to have. Uh, the first one was how long until we get to have her new album? <laughs> Not much longer. This is this is from uh, our buddy Rick James, Rick Lee James. Oh, Rick! Because he said he's ready this time um, <laughs> for it. Last time he wasn't ready. This is the second time that Rick Lee James made it on the last podcast too. Um, Dude, that's funny. What? Okay, we have I don't know who a couple of these people are um, at DFC Holla. So I guess it's Dallas Fort. No, that doesn't work. Um, <laughs> What is your favorite color cardigan to wear? Oh. Because uh, you are a famous cardigan wearer. I am. <laughs> That's so I funny guess. that people... Um, I mean, I rock my royal blue cardigan quite a bit, but uh, I picked up a mustard yellow one Ooh. this last summer. And as a blonde, you know, it's yeah, tricky. It, it can be it's tricky. tricky. Um, for all you fashionistas out there. I got a lot of them <laughs> who listen to this. He said that he, it might be a girl, it's it's Dr. DFC on Twitter, but I hope it's a bluish purple is oh. what they said. So, well, you are quite close. You don't, sorry, at DFC, Hala, you don't get to choose. <laughs> you, you, you take your hopes and you put them back in your knapsack. Okay, what was, uh, let's see, at Travis Barlow, wanted to know what was the best part of getting to work with, Andrew Osenga as your producer. We talked a little bit about that. But. Yeah, he would always be like 10 steps ahead of where I thought the song was going. And just to see him, like he's, his studio is a pretty small space, but he knows how everything functions and kind of, I, like when he would get a guitar solo ready, like he would know the layers of the parts and everything. But his excitement of how he would get, he'd be like, oh man, okay, I know exactly, mm-hmm. okay. Hold on one second. <laughs> and, he would just, and then he would just nail this great guitar part. Or sometimes he, he just says, like, I think this needs... And then yeah. he just jumps up and grabs something. Yeah. Hooks, hooks up a mic and goes. And you're sort of just caught in the wake. Yeah, you're, you're just like, kind of observing happen? what's happening. And then yeah. you hear it in the, the context of the entire song. And you're like, that's exactly yeah. what it needed. And it was kind of fun to bounce ideas off of him. Because he's very he was very open to trying parts. Like, there was a thing... Um, I'm past this part where we didn't have money in the budget to add more strings. Which if we did, it would have been great. But we ended up plucking piano strings. Like people have done that before, but just the way, like we he he literally had to place them individually. We like plucked a note, let it ring out, and then we (laughs) just like knew which note was what and just layered them really quickly. Oh, that's awesome! And it made this great. 
string part. Who thought? That sounds almost like a, um, what's that thing Rich Mullins would play all the time? Dulcimer? Dulcimer. It sounds like a dulcimer a little bit, because it rings out and yeah. resonates a lot. And that's so, a, I had no idea. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I it is. I didn't even think to do that. That's, uh, that's, a, that's the beauty of a producer. I think, yeah. I think we both had seen it done somewhere, okay. and thought, well, let's try it. See if that works. He is totally, like, a game. He does have a mind, like, when you, especially when you get into a groove, like... Yeah, yeah. He, he has a mind for that, where he, he's... It's it's so good, and I, I can speak to this, too, because I just made a record with it, but making... Having a producer that is also, like, a great musician mm-hmm. and a writer himself, mm-hmm. instead of just having a guy who just has an ear for it. Yeah. Like, a guy who has the ability to not... Mm-hmm. He, so he doesn't have to outsource his idea to a musician. He can literally get up and do right. the thing. Oh, my goodness. He played so many different roles in this album. It was crazy. He yeah. played bass on one song, played all the guitars, mm-hmm. sang harmony, helped with finger snaps and clapping and, you know, even attempted to try the trombone at one point, you know, just yeah. to see. Yeah, you never know. Because <laughs> you never know. That's even true. his girls came in and sang on it, which that's was so good. really adorable. But um, That's awesome. You know, it was it was just great to see the process for him and how he works and stuff, and it was really cool. It was really great. At Emily the Yacht says she has a question. Why does okay. love always feel like a battlefield? <laughs> I mean, with something as serious as as love, I mean, when isn't it a Mm. battlefield? Where you're fighting for it, or you're, you know, fighting against it, it's it's just... We are young! (laughs) Heartache to heartache! Sing it. I always think about Tracy Jordan when I hear that song. Because in the pilot of 30 Rock, he performs that song on stage. Does he really? Yeah, Love is a Battlefield. It's been a long time since I've watched that show. Yeah, I always think about him. Because I don't think I really knew that song before for him. See, I always think You covered that song, right? Didn't you cover that song for for a Kickstarter thing? I, no. (laughs) I'm pretty sure you did. Holly Freeze, did she cover that song? Love is a Battlefield? I might have. I think so. Yeah. I think that might have been a Kickstarter cover. I think I remember. I did that one in a Ryan Adams song. I I think I remember Josh Horn actually being the one who requested it, maybe. He might have been. He might have been, actually. It was was so long ago that you did your Kickstarter. I'm trying to remember now. (laughs) I sang I'm so excited. But I, like, changed the words (laughs) to it. I'm so scared. I know. Me and my 90s sitcoms. I'm so excited. Who did that song? Jesse Spano. Jesse Spano. Say by the hell. Why wasn't there a Christian version of Say by the Bell called Say by the Hell? That's like. I can't even handle that. <laughs> no, not, it would take too long to explain the joke that I was about to make. So, uh, Tom Edwards wants you to know do you remember the time that you sang on the Tom Edwards band record? Yes, I did. That was recently. That was recently. I got to bring out my gospel. That speaks to your voice. to you getting to sing on all these. What's the most fun? I mean, I'm sure they're all fun. But when you go in and like, because Andy will bring you in or whoever to to sing, producer will. I know you sang on something for Stephen Goss. Like you'll just come in and like sing yeah. on some things. But I know you did like slugs and bugs. Yeah. You, know, you get to oh, do all yeah. these sort of we different sang, stuff. We there was one song about a hot dog or something that yeah. we sang on that was really fun. Gingerbread, we sang a gingerbread oh, song. Oh, that's a great song. And there was like three-part harmony. It was definitely, again, a McGuire sister yeah. throwback thing. And that was super fun and unexpected. Like I like showing up and not knowing the song mm-hmm. a lot of times because then the creative influence is just real fresh and just kind of instinct. Yeah. And um, that's really fun. I mean, all your stuff is 
to right? toot your horn. I was about to say like, <clears throat> like when we did the we did the grease cover. That was really fun. That was really fun. Because I also People didn't still like talk that about song. That. I mm-hmm. never, yeah, I never either. really resonated with Grease. And all my musical, I'm, it's just not one of my favorites. But that was really fun to sing. Yeah, and people still uh, like ask me about that song. It's still like really. I'm, I mean, I listened to it the other day because somebody mentioned something, and I was like, I haven't heard our version in a while. Yeah, I'm still really proud of that. Okay, we always. It's been a while since you've been on the podcast. You were the first guest. Uh, technically, you, yeah. I think you were episode three, four. Yeah. Maybe. Like they came out, but we were you. It was seriously like I bought it was trial I, run. I really did. I, I, I remember just being like, "I'm gonna do a podcast. If I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna start it today." And I, I was like, I texted you, and I was like, "You want to come over and do a podcast?" And if, it, <laughs> if it's dumb, it's dumb. And yeah. and it, was, it really was. It was the first one I ever did, and uh, super Crazy. fun. But but since you've been on it, we do have questions that we ask at the end about we. I mean me. I mean okay. the royal we. Um, <laughs> the but, um, and there are two questions, and okay. you can answer them in any order that you want. Okay. Uh, if you need to think about one more than the other. Right. But uh, do, I want to know your first memory of the internet because I love I love internet nostalgia because it's, it's so new, but it's also been around a while yeah. in many forms. And also, uh, if you have a, a bad, awkward, or uncomfortable show story, live show experience mm. that you would like to share. Okay. Either, whichever one you want to answer first. I mean, when I think about the internet, I think about the dial-up and that that iconic sound of like yeah that was and just spot like, on what we just did just I mean like that it. was pretty close <laughs> uh, and I remember there wasn't a whole lot we could surf on the web I mean I don't really know if there was a specific memory I remember playing Carmen San Diego a lot but I think that was a that was, game yeah that was like a CD-ROM thing was that a CD-ROM thing it might have been on the internet too but I remember I remember having a CD-ROM of that I mean we mostly played the computer for solitaire yeah. Uh, if I'm honest, but uh, I, what I was your first email address? <laughs> it was slance02 at hotmail.com. That's, the year I graduated. That's a lot less embarrassing than I was hoping for. I know. <laughs> I was pretty like cut and dry. Yeah. I, I love the ones that are, that are because Eric Peters and I talked about this when he was on the show, but like, oh, yeah. but like you had to make up a name. Oh yeah. It's the, like Bosif is nineteen eighty two. Something. <laughs> yeah, at MSN dot. It's just it's the funniest thing. We have a we have a we have a hand, a hand raised in the ha- corner. Holly Freeze, go ahead. She, Latika. She Latika. Yeah. What that is was that? yours. Oh, yeah. Yours was She Latika. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's amazing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. At AOL. Hotmail. Um, I want to say Yahoo. Yahoo. I want to say Yahoo. Definitely I th- not AOL. However, I did have Prodigy, which was. Free, like mainstream. Was, was pr- okay. I'm a hipster of internet. <laughs> I have a question about Prodigy. Was Prodigy a Christian company? Somebody told me I that it know. was originally. Uh, not know. sure. It was the Chick Fil A of, of internet <laughs> explorers. <laughs> Did you guys when you when you got like what was yours again? At what? What was your server? Uh, hotmail? hotmail, yeah. I remember getting. I got Hotmail, and I had a couple friends that got Yahoo, and then friends at AOL, and we were almost like. A different, like it was almost like we were in different gangs for a little bit. Yeah, it was all my friends in like ninth, eighth, ninth grade had them. Yeah, got them at the same time. Most of ours were like our our internet provider, like yeah, whatever you got. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like I think ours is MapleNet or something. Our when my parents first got the internet, which was after it was like two days after I moved out of their house, they finally got the internet because my mom didn't trust me and my brother with the internet, which was smart. Yeah, Um, but. 
I mean, we were teenage boys with hormones. Who knows what we'd look up? Oh, but but she but it's so funny. Like her, their first email was like their last name at iocc.com, and iocc was Internet of Clark County. Dot com, which is wow. which is where we grew up, Clark County. That's crazy. Which is so funny. It's such a funny like, which isn't that's not even a thing anymore. Like, yeah, yeah. Maybe it is in smaller towns. It, but I knew that you yeah. grew up in like a small town area. Really, yeah. So I love like small town internet. We still have a phone booth. Remember? Yes, I took a picture of it. Like, <laughs> we played that show in Indiana. I was like, is that, a, like, is that a phone booth? That's a thing. Like it's the door even closed. It I wasn't know. like in bad condition. It was. I know. It was legit. It's impossible to not think of Superman when getting in a phone booth too. But that must be a guy thing. You don't think about Superman? No. All right. <laughs> um, do you have a do you have a, a bad show story where you played for naked people? Maybe. No. Oh, I that was nothing, me. Nothing that epic by any means. No, but that's that's sort of where this the uh, the inception of this of this question came from. Yeah. Um, it's not so much the show; it's more things I say sometimes. Okay, hit me with that because I I love I that, so. I say. I'm so in the moment. Like, anytime I try and plan what I'm going to say, oh, it always idea. goes badly. Yeah, never it a good never idea. achieves what I think is the joke or the, like, effect the story this is gonna, They're driving in, you're like, this is going to be great to mention. Oh, yeah. I'm like, all these things. And I'm like, I've learned that off the cuff is usually better and more entertaining. Yeah. Um, and... <laughs> I'm trying to think, um, one time, poor Josh Pantana, I was trying to give him a cheer, like, I wrote this song with my good friend Josh, and yeah. and somebody went, woohoo, and I go, you got a whoop, buddy, <laughs> like, as, but that's, it sounded, that's, that's so endearing, though. It, well, maybe, for, I had just been nannying a lot, and so it was like, good for you, way you, to go, buddy. You pee-peed in the pot. <laughs> I know, it was the equivalent of that, basically, you know, and... It was just, it's like, a, it's an ongoing joke with my friends, of mm. like, what you say. Like, apparently one time, I don't know if I should even say this one. Should I say this one? Um, Holly's shaking ass. <laughs> I said, I was trying to encourage crowd participation, like, come on, clapping, and hand claps, finger snap, whatever. And mm. I said, I know you all got the clap, apparently. <laughs> um... You know, and in my naive little Indiana brain, I didn't know what that was. Um, it's, <laughs> I know y'all got the clap. I mean, I didn't even know I said it y'all until promis- afterwards. Y'all promiscuous suckers. I know y'all got oh the clap. Oh my gosh. And it was so terrible. All those poor tourists didn't know That's what to think. amazing. Yeah. It's just little things like that that just kind of come I'll say that kind of stuff too where I'll mix metaphors and it oh, ends yeah. up being something, meaning something completely different. Right. And um, yeah, I, I'm sure there are more. We play. I've, we played a lot of like cold shows. Yeah, where it's really where cold. it's freezing outside. Yeah, one in Indiana, one in Omaha. It was yep. so cold. Um, but nothing like. But also like, kind of fun though. Yeah, I mean, most. I, f- I feel like you can make most awkward situations less awkward mm-hmm. just by making light of it. And so nothing's been too. I'm consistently. Too crazy. Consistently, not encouraged, but also maybe a little bit, maybe just surprised on where the places, literally the places music will take me. I know. It's crazy. Like I played on a flatbed truck in the middle of July Uh for a Little League baseball tournament. I mean... And they, there was four baseball fields, and they were all in. It's sort of like it was an, uh, in like a an octagon shape. Yeah. And they put us on well, the one empty field, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and they plugged in a sound system, 
and put us up there and we're a loud band and I don't know who I don't know who thought this through clearly no one because if there's one thing parents don't like it's attention being taken away from their child <laughs> while they're performing a sport <laughs> and so every time we would crank in we'd get that 30 seconds into a song angry parents would be run, like coming over there and chewing us out and nobody wants you here shut up like oh. all the, it was the equivalent of like it was your fault for being yes, there and, and so we would play about 30 seconds of a song they would shut it down, like literally, be like, "Okay, guys, cut it," and then they would wait for games to be over, and then so, but there were three games going on at a time. Oh god! So there was never we never played a full song, and then finally, about an hour in, the guy who was in charge was like, "Can I just pay you your money and take you to Pizza Hut and say I'm sorry?" And we're like, <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> it was miserable. I don't play enough shows but, to but, have enough well, awkward stories. Apparently, I don't. But yeah, that no, that's still pretty good. The clap, <laughs> come on. Well, yeah. Stacy. Thank you yes. for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Two timer. Woohoo! Am I the first? No. Arthur's been on twice. Arthur's Andy's on twice. been on twice. Okay. So first girl. First girl. <laughs> I'm so competitive. Apparently. I know. Apparently. Who knew? Well, that's the show this week. Episode 47 in the bag. If you'd like to check out more of Stacy's music, her new album Ready This Time is available now on Amazon, iTunes, Bandcamp, anywhere you can get digital music. I'm sure it's there as well as StacyLance.com to check out live tour dates and all that good stuff. Her Twitter is at Stacy Lance. For who writes this stuff, I'm Nick Flora. Thank you so much for listening. Go do something creative.